Hello, Fish. Hello, Dr. Webster. How you doing? Not bad at all, thank you very much. Right, so you ready for this? Yes, I think so. This is our 14th podcast, I believe. Holy crap. Yeah. I'm to swear on my own podcast. I yeah. I think so, I like, can I? Yeah. Yeah. One four. Censorship here. <laughs> no, we know that. Okay, I think we should start off with your Chuck Norris fact of the day. Chuck Norris fact of the day <laughs> is yeah. Chuck Norris doesn't get frostbite. Chuck Norris bites frost. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, What's your favourite one? Chuck Norris destroyed the periodic table because he only recognises the element of surprise. <laughs> there were so many, it's absolutely brilliant. ChuckNorrisFacts.com Out a while away a morning. Very enjoyable. If you don't cry laughing, um, something wrong with you, I think. You gotta love Chuck. Brilliant. So what, uh, what are we doing today? Um, well, we've got a couple of public service announcements before we kick off with the embryology. Okay, this one is a warning. <laughs> yes, one of our listeners um, asked us, well, uh, told us of a tale and we thought we should warn other listeners maybe not to leave their iPods on shuffle when they're having a romantic evening with their lady friends or their men friends. You really don't want our voices popping up in the middle of what could be an intimate moment. Would kill the mood somewhat, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yes. So So watch out for that, iPod yes. shuffles. Yes, you might want to limit us. Okay. And, um, okay, now can we talk about what we're going to be talking about today? Nope. Oh, well. Another point. Um, we're about to release the results for the DGR exam. I forgot for about the first that. year. So I think the second year is probably next year. And um, I've been through all the stats for all the different questions to see how uh, groups of students perform on different questions. And we can, uh, well, we have a whole bunch of interesting stats to tell us an awful lot of interesting things. However, they didn't tell us much very interesting about the embryology questions because everybody performed pretty much everybody performed so well in the embryology questions. I was absolutely astounded. It's like no previous year. Students have scored very, very well in each of the embryology questions to the point where in the feedback they were even asking if they can have more embryology questions in the DGR exams, which is bizarre. We don't usually get that. No, so quite simply, um, we're taking all the credit for it. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's the podcast that's helping or if it's just Rhiannon's teaching, but something's made a bit of a change this year. No, embryology is interesting and hopefully um, we've made it a bit more interesting with these podcasts. Yeah, and hopefully getting the clinicians in, you can see the links as well. So very, very encouraging. So well done to everybody with their exams. Everybody who did do well, well done. Astonishingly high marks, absolutely. Anyway, stop going on about it. Amazed, really good. Stop. Fantastic. (laughs) Now can we talk about what we're going to be talking about? Yes. What are we going to be talking about? The pharyngeal arches, Mm. also known as the branchial arches. That could get confusing. Why? More, more than one name happens all the time. Yeah, uh, branchial, branchii, branchii, bran- I don't know, it means gills, doesn't it? Yeah, but what we're going to call them pharyngeal arches, aren't we? Pharyngeal arches is a modern term. The older term is branchial arches. Uh, and they do, uh, on the side of the embryo, look a little bit like gills, which is what gills probably form from in fish, but I really don't know enough about fish embryology to... We won't go down that route. Okay, so we're going to talk about the pharyngeal arches and we're going to take one at a time, really, aren't we? We'll do, yes, there are six arches, or are there? (laughs) uh, Oh, the mystery. (laughs) (laughs) We'll take each arch in turn and tell you what structures it's going to form. And we'll also better mention the clefts and the pouches that occur on the outside and the inside of the embryo into these arches. Yeah? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't know, there's a fair bit to get through. 
Shall we first talk about what these arches are that we're on about? Yeah, okay. So, um, the pharyngeal arches, well, what are they made of, I suppose? That's the most important point to start on. Uh, yeah, and where are they? Where are they? They are situated just below the developing head. So, in the kind of pharyngeal region, I suppose, the pharynx, where you'd imagine that would be. Is that fair? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they form in the human embryo from about four weeks in the developing head neck region. And you asked what they were made of. Well, they're pretty much made of everything because um, they've got ectoderm on the outside. The arch itself really is a big chunk of mesoderm. Yep. And on the inside, they're lined with endoderm. Yep. So I mentioned pouches. Pouches uh, are the endodermy bits on the inside. and Clefts are the ectoderm bit on the outside. Yeah. We'll go into that in a bit. Yeah, so the pharyngeal arch itself is a, is a lump on either side of the developing head and neck of the curled up embryo. And uh, what are they going to form? Mm-hmm. Well, basically, they're all going to they're gonna form a little bit of cartilage, a little bit of muscle, a little bit of nerve, and a little bit of, bit of blood vessel in there. Yep. And, and also, then... Uh, what? What? I don't know. Sorry, you're saving it up, are you? I say then they're going to form the structures of the neck. Oh, right, the head and, and neck. the face. Yes, they and are. Bits of the face and head and neck. And <laughs> right, okay, let's. It's s- very well organised, actually. It's incredible. When we'll, hopefully we'll describe it in, in enough detail that you won't get lost, but that you'll just realise how. Well, it's just incredible, mm. really, that it all works together and, and, and then you'll see some um, relationship to the anatomy that you'll be learning over the next few weeks as well. I think the pharyngeal arches and understanding the pharyngeal arches helps you understand and remember uh, what some of the cranial nerves do, which yeah. is a big help because you have to know what all the cranial nerves do. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if we talk about the structure of each arch then, um, you remember we talked about paraxial and lateral plate mesoderm when we were talking about somites. Way back when. Way back when. That is that same mesoderm uh, that's going to form the mesenchyme of the pharyngeal arch. And you mentioned, Ree, that inside each arch you have a blood vessel, a nerve, a bit of cartilage, and a bit of muscle. So that's um, forming from this mesenchyme. And uh, we need to go back to neural crest cells as well, which I think we've mentioned before. We'll yeah, probably come back to this at the end. Neural crest cells migrate into this region and help form structures of the pharyngeal arches, mostly uh, connective tissue structures. Yep. We'll come to that at the end. Yeah. So what we should do then... If we say there are six arches, mm. um, and we say that each arch has a blood vessel, a nerve, a cartilage, and a bit of muscle, we'll go through each arch and talk about what each blood vessel, nerve, bit of cartilage, and bit of muscle becomes in each arch. Perfect. We? So then we should start, logically, with uh, pharyngeal arch number one. Hooray! Okay, pharyngeal arch number one. What about it? <laughs> pharyngeal arch number one. Um, Start with... Let's focus on the cranial nerves. Okay. So pharyngeal arch number one, I said that each arch is a lump on either side. Pharyngeal arch number one actually has two lumps. Uh, It has a uh, maxillary bit and a mandibular bit. Mm -hmm. I wonder what those could possibly develop into. Who's in the name? Excellent. So we've got those two parts and we're going to... It corresponds with the innovation. Yes. Because the cranial nerve that's most important and is the cranial nerve of this first pharyngeal arch is the trigeminal. The trigeminal nerve, cranial nerve 5, which is the 
sensory nerve of the face. It's, it's almost entirely sensory, so it's a mandibular branch. Yeah. Um, now, the trigeminal splits into three. Yeah. Okay, we're going to disregard the first. The ophthalmic branch, which goes towards the orbit, is not linked with the pharyngeal arch and the arch which we're going to talk about. So for this, we're not bothered. The second branch is called the maxillary branch. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And lies within the maxillary part of the pharyngeal, first pharyngeal arch. Yes. And the third part is the mandibular branch. The third part of the trigeminal nerve is the mandibular branch. Yeah, and that's going to lie within the mandibular part. Yeah. Part. Yeah. So, um, the first arch then, the bit of cartilage, is going to go on to form the maxilla, uh, the zygomatic bone, um, the malleus and the incus, two little bones in the ear. Yep. And the, mandi- the little bit of cartilage in the mandibular part is going to form the mandible. mandible. So you can see how uh, the first arch is going to form the bones of the face. Really. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we know the bones. We know the we've talked about the, We've talked about the cranial nerves. We know that the maxillary branch of the trigeminal nerve is it's passing into the maxillary region, isn't it? Hence its name. So it's supplying that part. Yeah. So we've got the nerve in that bud and the bones in that bud are forming that part of the face and innovating the structures in that part of the face. Well, some of them. And then the mandibular nerve is going to um, run into the mandibular part of the face. And there are some muscles there, aren't there? The, the muscles of mastication. Yeah. Um, Choo-choo. Yeah. Masseter, temporalis, the pterygoids. Yeah. Those are innervated by the mandibular branch of trigeminal nerve. So we say the trigeminal nerve is, is almost entirely a sensory nerve. It's the main sensory nerve for the face. Its motor part, then, is to these muscles of mastication. And these muscles of mastication have formed from that little muscle block which was in pharyngeal arch one. Brilliant. How's that? Great. So we've done cartilage, yeah. nerve. Yeah. What else are you going to say? Blood vessels. Yes, that's what I was going to say. Now here's the link we need to make, isn't there? Yes, because we have um, come across some of these, the blood vessels that we're going to be talking about before when we did the cardiovascular podcast. Yeah. So the aortic arches we spoke about in the cardiovascular podcast, these are the same blood vessels in the pharyngeal arches. When we talked about... Aortic arch, one, two, three, four, five, six. Those are the blood vessels within pharyngeal arch, one, two, three, four, five, six. So you've got to make that link. And there'll be a bit of repetition in that, but I think that's good. Yeah, we're trying to link this development of head and neck stuff into what you already know about your cardiovascular embryology. It's very important you, you link those two together. Great. So So the blood vessel then of, of the pharyngeal arch one is? The maxillary artery. Well, I was going to say aortic arch one. Oh. You, you, you've... I've jumped. jumped. <laughs> I'm too smart for my own good, damn it. Yeah, um, and we'll remember from our cardiovascular embryology that aortic arch one pretty much disappears, but its remnant is, as you say, maxillary, maxillary artery. Sorry. No, that's fine. So first pharyngeal arch, lots of maxillary things, maxillary artery, maxillary nerve, maxilla, and also mandible, muscles of mastication, mandibular branch of trigeminal nerve, and so on. Easy. Easy, easy, peasy. Cool, so is that the first one? That's the first one. Brilliant. Pharyngeal arch two. Okay, pharyngeal arch two. Um, where did we start before, with the nerve? Yeah, let's keep this focused on the cranial nerves. Okie dokie. Well, the cranial nerve that innervates um, structures forming from the pharyngeal arch is the facial nerve, cranial nerve seven. Cranial nerve seven is the nerve of pharyngeal arch two. Yes. 
Um, what's the facial nerve do? What's it for? Is it motor? Is it sensory? It's motor. and Who? It The? Muscles of facial expression. Yeah. Genius. Right. Now, this is a common theme. The muscles of facial expression being innervated by the facial nerve are, are likely to then to be derived from structures from pharyngeal arch poo. And that is, in fact, the case. The muscles of facial expression have come from that little bit of muscle in pharyngeal arch poo. Yeah. Okay. What about bony stuff then? Okay, bony stuff. Well, if you remember in pharyngeal arch 1, we had a couple of bones of the ear, but we only talked about two of them, the malleus and the incus. Yeah. Okay, so we need the third one, the stapes, and that comes from pharyngeal arch 2. Ah, so there's some crossover here between mm. arch 1 and arch 2 around the ear region. Okay, the other thing... What were you going to say? Otherwise, bone-wise, yeah. well, we've done the maxilla, we've done the zygomaxillary bone, we've done uh, the mandible. We're getting beneath that now. So the bone of pharyngeal arch 2 is... Um, the hyoid. I don't know what you want me styloid. to say. <laughs> the styloid process is We need to work thing. on our psychic link. Don't <laughs> yeah. we? The styloid process, and as you said, the hyoid bone. But the only the upper part of the hyoid. Uh, only, that's right. Uh, styloid process, if you look on the skull, is of course really, really close to the ear. So there's that bit of overlap. And it's quite important because loads of muscles attached to it. Anyway, um, so we've got the stapes, the styloid process, and then the top part of the hyoid bone. Brilliant. Yep, so that's nerve, muscles, bone, blood vessel. What happens to aortic arch 2? Um, I think it just goes away. It does again in <laughs> the first one, nobody, you know, disappears. And like that, it's well, gone. <laughs> But if we're talking about the ear, a little bit of it remains as the stapedial artery. Yeah, right, it does. It's a real little bit of yeah. anatomy, though, that's so. A little diddler. Okay, so now we on to pharyngeal arch 3. Pharyngeal arch 3. <laughs> okay, pharyngeal arch 3, um, well, simply, the nerve is the glossopharyngeal. So that's the nerve cranial of the nerve. third arch is cranial nerve 9, nine. the glossopharyngeal nerve. Now, what do we know about the glossopharyngeal nerve? Um, it is really important. <laughs> Glossopharyngeal, so it must have pharynx. involved yeah, in the tongue and the pharynx. Um, let's talk about the tongue later, should we? If we remember, because that if yeah, we must, interesting. We've got a bit of overlap there. But pharyngeal nerve, um, it contributes to the pharyngeal plexus. Yeah, it innervates the stylopharyngeus muscle. That's important because it's um one of one of the important um, pharyngeal muscles that is only innervated by the glossopharyngeal nerve. Yes, and there's our link again. If, if, if stylopharyngeus is a muscle innervated by the cranial nerve 9, stylopharyngeus is the muscle innervated by the nerve of pharyngeal arch 3, then the muscle is most likely also derived from pharyngeal arch 3. And in fact it is. And indeed it is, yes. I love it when a plan comes together. Okay, what else about the pharyngeal arch 3? Well, what about the um, cartilage bony bits? Oh, yeah. Well, this one's really easy. Remember we mentioned the hyoid bone for um, pharyngeal arch 2? Well, for this, I do. With this one, um, it's the lower part of the hyoid bone and the greater horns, if you like. Okay. So that's so all. The hyoid bone partly comes from arch 3 and partly comes from arch 2. Correct. Uh-huh, I see. So we've done the nerves, muscles, um, Bony bit. Bony bit. What about the blood supply? Well, from uh, if my memory is correct, the um, aortic arch 3 ends up being the carotid, the common carotid, the external and the internal. So is it well, easy? Well, yes. 
in a nutshell, it, it aortic arch three becomes the common carotid artery, a bit of the external carotid artery. Oh yeah. But then we have angiogenesis, and the internal carotid artery comes out of that, and so on. Ah uh, yeah. I think. So there you go. So it's the carotid, basically. Yes. So that's that one done. Next, pharyngeal arch four. <laughs> okay, pharyngeal arch four has an innervation from the vagus nerve, and it is more specifically the superior laryngeal branch of the vagus nerve. Yes. What we'll find is that cranial nerve 10, the vagus nerve, is the nerve of both pharyngeal arch 4 and pharyngeal arch 6. And if you remember your cardiovascular embryology, uh, aortic arch 5, and therefore also pharyngeal arch 5, never really gets going, never really forms. So our last two arches we're worried about here are arches 4 and 6. And they're both innervated by parts of the vagus nerve. So the fourth arch, uh, its nerve is the superior laryngeal branch of the vagus nerve. Okay. And the muscles that we're looking at and that we know are innervated by that as well happen to be the constrictors of the pharynx. Yes. And, oh, and the cricothyroid, which is another exception. So that's the only muscle in the larynx that's that is innervated by, by the superior laryngeal branch. Correct. Okay. What we're saying is pharyngeal arch 4 has got vagus nerve um, and more, more specifically superior laryngeal branch, it, or the muscles that are innervated by that nerve and therefore are developed from the mesenchyme in that arch include the constrictor pharyngeal muscles, so that's superior, middle and inferior, and importantly the cricothyroid. Yes, for example. Brilliant. And the cartilages that form conveniently, are also the thyroid and the cricoid, or cricoid, whatever you want to call it. Cricoid, right? Yeah. Um, there's a little bit of crossover between four and six pharyngeal arches, and I think you'll notice that a lot. If you read a lot of textbooks around the subject, they'll say some are definitely formed in the fourth, some are definitely formed in the sixth, some are formed a bit of both, okay? So um, it's probably fair to say that they're not 100% sure it's not entirely clear cut. No, it's not entirely clear cut. We're just trying to give you that idea. I mean, don't forget the, the pharyngeal plexus there, the big plexus of nerve fibres which are innervating uh, the muscles and what have you in this area, and they're derived from these these cranial nerves from the arches. Yeah, I mean, and, and the same with the with the cartilage. Um, I've seen things that say it's the thyroid cartilage is all developed from the fourth arch, but then some say that it's the top part is developed from the fourth and the bottom lower part is developed from the sixth, so... One thing we can be fairly clear about are the aortic arches. So we talk about the blood vessel in arch 4. What does that become? Oh, is it subclavian? On the right, yeah. Okay, good. And on the left? <laughs> aortic arch? Yeah. Hooray. So that's really important. Pharyngeal arch 4 is going to form, you know, those two structures, the major blood uh, the major blood vessel, the major artery coming out of the heart of the aorta at the top is aortic arch 4 on the left. On the right, of course, we don't have an aorta, but we have the subclavian vein passing out to the... Right. Cool, it all makes sense. Yeah. So that's four. Yeah, we've done... Five is nerve. dead to us. We've done the nerve, we've done the blood vessel, we've done the... Have we done the cartilage? Yeah, thyroid, cricoid. Okay, and we've done the muscles. Yeah. So then five is dead to us. And then six, and I had mentioned it before, is also the nerve is the vagus, but more specifically it's the recurrent laryngeal. Yes. 
Um, so the recurrent laryngeal, and we know that that does innovate a lot of the intrinsic muscles of the larynx. Okay, uh -huh, uh -huh. so those muscles are innovated by the recurrent laryngeal, with the exception of the cricothyroid that we've just mentioned. Um, yeah, fair enough. The the cartilages for this pharyngeal arch include the arytenoids, and then the other two little paired cartilages of the pharynx. So that's the cuneiform and the um, corniculate. Something like that. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> so that's nerve, muscle, cartilage. What about the uh, aortic arch? Well, um, you'll remember from your cardiovascular embryology. That Won't you now? <laughs> the aortic arch 6, so the blood vessel of pharyngeal arch 6 on the left, persists as the ductus arteriosus. On the right, it doesn't maintain its connection with what was the right dorsal aorta. Um, so that connection is is lost, but there's a link there with pulmonary structures, pulmonary arteries, right? Right. The key point for this then, and is an indicator of linking the pharyngeal arch knowledge with the cardiovascular embryology knowledge, is that the recurrent laryngeal nerve takes two different routes on the left and the right side of the body. Right. right. Yeah. Um, so imagine, well, remember that the pharyngeal arches and the development of the large, the major blood vessels, the great vessels, and the heart is all much closer together when you're a little curly embryo, and these are all forming in a very short space. Then, as we've got taller and we've developed a neck and we've got longer, and everything gets pulled apart and separated. Um, when we were small, the nerve of pharyngeal arch six was close to the aortic arch of pharyngeal arch six. Um, but as we've lengthened, the nerve for aortic arch 6 has been carried with it and has been caught around aortic arch 6, right? Mm -hmm. so the nerve of pharyngeal arch 6 is the recurrent laryngeal nerve. Mm -hmm. On the left side, aortic arch 6 has become the ductus arteriosus, that link uh, to the aorta, and it persists. And in the adult, it exists as the, the um, ligamentum arteriosum. Right. So in the adult, the recurrent laryngeal nerve has to pass underneath this remnant of aortic arch 6 and then pass back up beside the trachea all the way back up to the larynx to reach its final destination. On the right-hand side, though, aortic arch 6 hasn't persisted all the way across to what was the, left, the right dorsal aorta. There's a gap there now, so it's been able to ascend as all the structures have been pulled down. Aortic arch 5 doesn't exist, so it's, uh, it's going to get hooked up underneath aortic arch 4. Subclavian. The subclavian. And then it's going to pass back up to um, the trachea and the larynx. Lovely bit of anatomy. So on the left side, the recurrent laryngeal nerve descends a lot further into the thorax than it does on the right. And that's the reason why, because of these blood vessels. So take the time to link your cardiovascular embryology with your pharyngeal arch embryology, your development of the head and neck. And you see how it all links together. Brilliant. Okay. So really, that's the pharyngeal arches. That sounded a bit long-winded, that explanation, yes. but often it needs it. Yeah. Um, is it worth going through a little summary, or should we just leave it till later? I think we've already summarised it, haven't we? Fine. Okay, so now let's look at... We've got clefts and pouches to look at. Which yeah, one do you want to look at first? Yeah, we better mention clefts and pouches. Let's do clefts first, because clefts are easy. Clefts are the external gaps between these lumps. Yeah, so this is the, the ectoderm that we're looking at. Yeah. Um, so what clefts have we got? Well, we've got one, two, three, and four. Uh-huh. But the only one we're really interested in is one. Yes, we remember. So, if if 
pharyngeal cleft one is between pharyngeal arch one and two, and we said the pharyngeal arch one and two kind of overlap at the ear, that cleft then is going to form the external acoustic meatus. It's going to form that little dip into the skull, which is going to be the ear. Yeah, and the rest don't really do anything. And the rest just kind of come together as a little sinus and then disappear. Yeah. So um, the membrane that's left ends up becoming the tympanic membrane, which is kind of, you know, that makes complete sense, really. That's going to be your external acoustic meatus. So pharyngeal cleft one, the ear. Tick. Okay, what about the pouches? Well, the pouches we've already talked about when we talked about endocrine embryology, didn't we? Uh Uh-huh. So I don't really see the need to go over all that again. Cool. But we can mention the parathyroid glands, uh, thyroid gland, thymus, ultimobranchial body, ultimopharyngeal body. Remember all those structures? Those are pouch structures. That's what we were talking about when we talked about pharyngeal pouches. Brilliant. So we're yeah. not even going to go into that in any more that detail. Is done. Well, I'm very happy about all of that. Well, to sum up, I've got a couple of other notes. So we've mentioned, we've had a musculoskeletal embryology podcast. And in this one, we've talked about the development of the bones of the face. But what about the, the development of the bones of the skull? Where do the other bones come from? Ah, you mean the neurocranium. Yeah, so we have neurocranium and viscerocranium. So viscerocranium is what we've been talking about today. Yeah. Maxilla. Uh, zygomatic bones, all those, bones, you know, all those, just with, yeah, bones of the face. But what about like the parietal occipital? All that is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, so that's the neurocranium. Where does that come from? Well, if you remember back to when we did the somite lectures, um, we talked about the first seven somites that develop that actually don't develop into somites. Sorry, they just stay as somitomeres, and those structures develop from those first seven um, mesodermal compartments, and that's where they develop from. So the mesoderm bits, yeah, from the somites, well, from the somitomeres, are going to form the flat bones of the skull. Yeah, and uh, all the, all of them, most of them, I think, pretty much all of these flat bones of the skull are going to form through intramembranous ossification rather than endochondral ossification, which is how long bones form. Yeah, but yeah, and you want to know what that means? Nah, no. look it up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, were we did we mention enough about neural crest? Have we done that? Well, if we mention neural crest cells, we can lead that into a future embryology podcast, which is going to be neuroembryology. Okay, cool. So we did mention neural crest cells in the fact that they migrate from that the neural tube that forms. They migrate down. And for this podcast, um, we were talking about them being um, sort of mixed with the mesoderm that forms the actual pharyngeal pouches, correct? Yeah, and those neural crest cells are going to differentiate. They're going to form... Some of the skeletal structures we spoke about. Yeah, they actually... But throughout, throughout, I think, this series of podcasts, we've probably mentioned neural crest cells a few times. They do get everywhere. Yeah, they get everywhere. They form all sorts of structures. You can imagine if you have a problem with your neural crest cells or if you have a problem with the migration of neural crest cells, you're going to get problems in multiple places throughout the body. And there are syndromes where there are links between uh, congenital development... Congenital problems with development of the face, and those babies also have congenital heart defects. Heart problems, yeah. Can you think of any of those, dear listener? Make well, a if you list, think send about it those, in. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not mention any now, but if you can think about those, and they do come up in our course quite a bit, um, think of neural crest cells, and I'll, I want to leave that as a, a link into a future neuroembryology podcast that we'll give, where we'll talk about neural crest cells a little bit more. I'm looking forward to that. You are. Yeah, because I don't really know much about it. Okay, me neither. Superb. Right, so pharyngeal arch, done, I think. Are we happy with that? 
Are you happy with that? You out there? Do you I can't know hear what anything. I've just <laughs> I just thought of another Chuck Norris one. What? Um, outer space only exists because it's too scared to share the same planet as Chuck Norris. Nice bit of Delta Force tonight, then, is it? Yeah, probably. What's the theme tune? God knows. Write the theme theme tune. Sing the theme tune. I don't know. Anyway, I'm babbling. Let's leave. Anyway, sorry, that's good. I'm gone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.